Are you thinking about getting into Dungeons & Dragons? Maybe you're looking to expand your horizons as a DM or a player. If that's the case, then it's time for you to check out The Dungeon Cast, the best D&D podcast out there that helps you passively learn all about the game just by listening. Join co-hosts Will and Brian as they break down the lore of a rich multiverse 50 years in the making in a lighthearted and beginner-friendly way. They cover everything from character creation options to tips for dungeon masters. There's something for everyone, no matter how long you've been playing TTRPGs. Find The Dungeon Cast anywhere you get podcasts or on YouTube. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast that explores the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. And this is your mini episode for the week. The mini episode, guys. I love the mini episode. Me too. Most of the time. Apparently you guys do too. Yeah, apparently. Who knew? We're good at giving news. Yeah, what do you have, right? Who woulda thunk? What do you have for us this week? Do you have anything that's particularly depressing? I really don't. I don't really either. I just kind of have news, Kagan. Me too. Okay, good. Fantastic. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? Um, I'll start if you want. Sure. What do you want to talk about? Have you been keeping up with my new favorite thing, the college entry Oh, that's do you, scandal. College admission scam. Oh, yep. oh my god! I have two pages of notes on this shit. It I'm is. like, this is gonna be a mini. I have multiple. I think I have two or three pages. Well, written. that's okay because if we both have this, I only have one thing after this. I do so, too. Because I figured you were gonna talk about something else. Paul so, Manafort. No, something else. But oh, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. Listen, listeners. I was gonna talk about Paul Manafort today. But I sat down to do the notes um, because he was convicted. He's going to spend seven and a half years in jail, which is great. Um, but I was just like, man, my heart is not into trying to get all of this research together for yeah. for this story. So I decided to scrap that. Um, but this story, ooh. This is a ooh, juicy wee. one. So, I'm excited. Yeah, so it kind of all came out on Tuesday, and there's been charges of dozens of people, including Lori Laughlin from Full House. Aunt Becky? Aunt Becky. I saw Aunt Becky at the Roxy when I was, like, when I was on a date with... Aunt Becky like seems like... Do you want me to bleep that out? Yeah, I don't care. Okay. Aunt, <laughs> Aunt Becky seems like the worst, to be honest. Yes. Like, she seems fucking awful. Yeah, her daughter, I'm oh, sorry. insufferable, to insufferable. be honest. Insufferable. And I'm, I'm, I'm not meaning to sound judgy, but my God, I just read a whole, like, BuzzFeed article about, like, well, her YouTube videos, and I was just like... <gasps> here's the thing. Okay, and we're gonna get to it. We will work our way through this admission <laughs> scandal, but her daughter, Olivia Jane, is that right? Olivia Jane? Jade. Jade. Olivia Jade. I am not one to hate on influencers no. or content creators because In I fact, think we want to be your influencers. Oh, fucking Please sh- send us that shit. For sure. Like, that's the thing. I'm like hating on people who make money through YouTube or content creators. I'm like, this, they're filling a void. Obviously, people enjoy them. I watch, you know, beauty influencers on YouTube and things like that. So, yeah, I there's would nothing never wrong with that. venture to hate on these people. Right. But this girl just seems. I do, I do hate on fucking, one of my biggest pet peeves is, like, super fucking entitled people. And she's even complained about not wanting to go to college and about not liking college. And and that she's only going because she wants to go to the parties and, like, she doesn't care about her grades. Like, she just wants to be a YouTuber, which is fine, but rightly so. A lot of people in her comments came for her and were like, that's the most entitled thing. A lot of people work their asses off to go to college. I'm the first person in my family who's been able to go to college. It's a huge sacrifice for us. And to hear you say that you don't care when you're going to this great school Mm -hmm. is is really 
it's just your privilege is showing. Yeah, and she goes to the University of Southern California. She goes yeah, to USC. Yeah, USC. Um, so let's walk you through this admissions Well, scandal. we need to mention also Felicity Huffman from Desperate Housewives as part of this Right. Well. And I do also kind of want to touch on how gendered I feel like the reporting of this story is. Very. Which is kind of annoying me because... Lori, Neither of the husbands are talked about. Barely. Like, Lori Laughlin is married to Massimo, who's a clothing designer. The target guy. And the target guy. I own some of his things in this very closet. Um, and Felicity Huffman, of course, is married to William H. Macy. Love and him. it's really Lori Laughlin and Felicity Huffman who are catching all of the heat in the press. Yeah. Whenever. For, yeah, for Felicity Huffman, it just says, um, it mentions her spouse, but it doesn't. But he's a fucking huge actor. Yeah. That's insane that they wouldn't, like, mention him more. It's, it's, I don't know. To put all of the fault on the mothers in this situation strikes me as odd and, like, weirdly gendered. But, yes, so those are the two big names, although there are a lot of other people implicated. There's, like, 33 parents. Um, There's three accused of organizing the scheme, two ACT-SAT administrators, an exam proctor, and nine coaches from elite schools, and, like I said, 33 parents as well. Yes. I like that the FBI calls this Operation Varsity Blues. (laughs) That's hilarious. They have a great sense of humor. I was just like, lol. (laughs) So... This scandal, it is an admission scam uh, that has been exposed. It's featuring a guy named Rick Singer. Who looks like fucking Foxcatcher guy. What's Ooh, his name yes. again? Uh, something Lapont or yes, something like that? Uh, yeah, he looks like, like that. Team yeah. Foxcatcher Yes, dude. he does. Yeah. Um, so he basically ran this fake nonprofit where he would approach wealthy people and promise that he could get their kids into any school they wanted. Yeah. And all they had to do was pay the nonprofit whatever yeah. amount of money that Rick Singer would then use that money to like bribe <clears throat> school officials and proctors who are the yeah. people who monitor the tests for the ACT and SATs. Yeah. So this nonprofit he called the Key Worldwide Foundation. Um just so you're aware of what that nonprofit is. Um, he's William Rick Singer, and I was like, all right, whatever. Yeah, and he goes by Rick Singer. Yeah. Um, and also keep in mind that these donations, they ranged from, like, 200000 to, like, $6 million. Yeah. And they were all tax write-offs because yeah. it was a charitable donation. Uh-huh. When in reality, it was actually bribery. So, yeah. um, Lori Laughlin, I think, was arrested for fraud. I have it later on in my notes. Um, among other things, and that is why, is because not only were they bribing these schools... And, and all, all of these other they, things. They were like, they sent in, they were saying that they were part of a crew team, which I'd never even heard of. I guess that's rowing. A rowing team. Yeah. And for so, Olivia, Jane was. She Jane. said, they said for both. Both, both of daughters. the Laughlin girls? Oh, okay. So, and then yeah. they, they sent photos of their daughters in an indoor rowing machine. Well, and that's the thing is like, there are some of these kids and also, I will say, I can't imagine how mortifying it must be to be in the news for this kind of thing yeah. when you get up to go to class one day and, yeah. like, you're in class and you get this news. Yeah. Um, and they did say that for some of the kids in the involved in these schemes, they had no idea. Yeah. Which is awful because I can't imagine to think that you're actually that smart and mm-hmm. your parents had just paid for you to get into college. Yeah, that's going to feel really shitty. But when it comes to, like, these girls... I don't see how they didn't know because they participated in taking these pictures. Yeah. So I agree. So let's talk a little bit about what the whole scheme 
um, entailed. So it would in involve facilitating cheating on SAT and ACT exams for students and bribing college administrators, like you said, and having coaches recruit students as athletes. And a lot of these students were not athletes at all, right. like we said. Mm -hmm. um, the cheating was facilita facilitated by posing as actual students or providing students with answers during their exams or by correcting their answers after the test was completed. Yeah. And so, one of the, I think it was Felicity Huffman's daughter, they said that um, she had hired someone to come in and basically just correct the answers. Right. So there were a couple of ways that they did this. So one of the ways that they would do it is if your kid just, like, wasn't good at school, they would tell you to pull your kid out of high school, have them enroll in an online high school, and then they would have someone go in and do all the courses for them so that by the time they were applying for colleges, they would have all A's. So that was yeah. one thing that they would do. Or... But wouldn't that be weird if it's like, oh, they were an average student and then they look at their last all year of high sudden school they, and it's like, okay. Well, I, well from what I... From what I understand as well, it was kind of made to order. So they could be like, what do you want? You want all A's? You want a perfect SAT score? Do you want just under perfect? Right. So it's not as no, suspicious. Yeah, I don't. I think um, that having it be perfect, they would have been caught much faster. Um, yeah. Or they would do things like they... So say like your kid was an okay student, but maybe wasn't great at taking the SAT or ACT. They would say... Um, they'd be like, okay, get your kid an ADD or ADHD diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Then when they go to take the test, it'll be more isolated for it to be distraction-free, and they'll have it for a lot longer. Yeah. Then we will pay the proctor, the person monitoring the test, to go in and correct all their answers. Did you ever watch Arrested Development? I did. It just reminds me of when uh, Julia, Julia Louis-Dreyfus was on it and she pretended to be blind. Oh, yeah. SAT, yes. and, then she had, and then she became a lawyer and had to, like, continue the charade. <laughs> That's funny. So the FBI, there was an FBI special agent named John Bonavolanta. Mm. Bonavolanta. Okay. Mm. And he said that their actions were, without a doubt, insidious, selfish, and shameful. He added that the scheme's mastermind, William Rick Singer, pleaded guilty Tuesday afternoon on charges of racketeering conspiracy, money laundering conspiracy, conspiracy to defraud the United States, and obstruction of justice. Um, Laughlin and her husband, Massimo, they actually paid $500,000. Yeah, $500,000 yeah. in bribes. That's a bananas amount of money. Yeah. That's some full house money, man. And target money. And some target money, man. Yeah. I have contributed to their household. Uh, right? In Same. ways that I did not understand. Same. Because the amount of clothes that I own from Target. Have you seen where they're, like, talking about... I haven't read into it or looked up the episode, but I guess there's an episode of Full House where Becky's talking about, like, getting into college and cheating or something like oh, that. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, I, no. I haven't looked into it, but I, I'm going to. I read some other things today that were kind of interesting in that, like, both of the girls... So, Olivia Jade, quite you know, obviously, was like, I don't give a fuck about school. Yeah. Apparently, the other sister didn't really either, and people close to them in their lives, um, close to the parents, said that, yeah, the kids didn't care about school, but the parents saw it as, like, a status symbol. Their kids had to go to good well, schools. Well, she did an interview, Olivia Jade did an interview with someone saying that she said her parents were hypocrites because they didn't go to college, and that her parents just really want her to go to college. Yes, and I think... I think that this is a bigger conversation about I knew so many people when I was leaving high school whose parents basically forced them to go to college. Yeah. And first of all, not everybody is cut out for that. Yeah. Um, and not even like right away. Sometimes and, you need and some time. And not right away, you know, 
and and some people just aren't cut out for it, yeah. period. And that's yeah. also okay. And I think we need to stop this narrative that everybody needs to go to college. Yeah. But then there's also the element, and I imagine that this is probably more of what's happening in this circle of, like, very rich people. Of it is a status it symbol. It being a status symbol. Totally. And you being able to brag about your kids going to USC or having a great SAT score. And somehow it's an extension or reflection of you. Yeah. Um, I mean, just even the parents who don't cheat, the amount of money that is spent on... On tutors and having people look over college entrance essays and it's such a competitive world like I was talking to my boss about this where she was talking to a friend of hers about how if she doesn't pay for someone to look over her child's admissions essay like she's giving her child a disadvantage because everybody has these people who are looking over everything that's fucking ins- you know Ugh, okay yeah I don't like it and they're you're paying just tons of money before they're even in school and then you're spending all this money on your kids to go to school after I, that. I can totally see how you could justify these actions to yourself like so they spent five hundred thousand dollars which listen if you're this is gonna sound mean but like whatever like if you're like dumb kids <laughs> if your rich kids yeah. are too dumb to get into college without you spending half a million dollars uh, maybe they just don't need to go yeah. you know um so that that's one thing but when it comes to like what Felicity Huffman and William H Macy did where they paid fifteen thousand dollars to get one of their daughters unlimited time on her SAT test yeah. I can kind of see where you could justify that to yourself. But didn't they have someone correcting it as well? I don't think it was just, we want more time. The one that I read just said that they got extra time. So who knows? Maybe it was that combination. Yeah, I read somewhere that there was somebody who came in and corrected the answers afterwards. I knew that. I know that that's something that they did do. Like yeah. this, this but organization I, but I read did that do with Felicity yeah. Huffman. Yeah. I don't know, but that, that's just what I read. Yeah, if it was just to give her more time. I could see how if you are a celebrity and you're so used to like paying for things like this, like getting what you want to. Yeah. And also, you know, like what you were saying, like paying for someone to look over. They've probably been doing this their whole lives, like paying for somebody to look over your five year old's kindergarten entrance essay. You know what I mean? (laughs) I could see how they could say like $15,000 to give my daughter, you know, an hour longer on the SAT isn't a big deal. Yeah. To them. Yeah, I don't know. And maybe it's just my own prejudice, but I'm I'm a little bit... I'm scrutinizing Lori Laughlin and her husband a little bit more than I am Felicity Huffman for some reason. I don't I don't know if it's... It's a big cash difference. Yeah, I don't know. And I, maybe that's just my own, like, hindrance there that I'm being too judgmental. Well, because I think that there's something about them that feels very, very entitled. And mm-hmm. I think that that's what, what grosses us out about it. It's yeah. like so many people want to and deserve to go to college. Yeah. Like, on their own merit. And all of these people... This scam has been going on for years and years. Yeah, they're saying... Like, since 2011? Yeah, and all of these people are... You're taking away a slot from somebody who maybe is underprivileged or can't afford to pay their way into college. Yeah. And you're taking away this awesome opportunity for those people for something that you don't even give a shit about. Yeah. You know, and that's shitty. So, um, Laughlin, she is cooperating with police, and she was arrested and she is now released on a million dollars bond. The two girls, her daughters, have dropped out of USC because they're afraid they're going to get bullied. So they haven't even been bullied, but they're afraid they're going to be, so they dropped out of USC. Um, They just don't want to go to fucking college. 
they're like, oh, thank God. Thank God something happened. I can get me out of this Yeah, nightmare. they're like, I'm going to go back to being a social media influencer. Deuces. Yeah. 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 For real. Um, and you know what? If that makes you happy. Whatever floats your fucking boat, dude. Live like, your fucking life. Yeah. You know? Just don't be a scammer. Yeah. Live your life. Exactly. All right. Can I talk about death row in San Quentin? Absolutely. Okay. So Governor Gavin Newsom will sign an executive order to impose a moratorium on death penalty in California, vowing that no prisoner in the state will be executed while he is in office because of the belief that capital punishment is discriminatory, unjust, and inconsistent with our bedrock values, Mm. he says. So the order will will prevent the deaths of 737 inmates in California, which is the largest in the nation. Um, the execution chamber will be immediately closed. There were photos where it's like the gas chambers and different things like that, where it's just so like, it's just eerie. I don't, yeah. Uh, no inmate will be released and no sentence or conviction will be altered. So what is your, what are, what's your view on like all of that? On the death penalty? Yeah. I am anti-death penalty. Yeah. Um, And I know that this is a touchy subject. Like, me and Anthony have had a lot of conversations about this because he's not. Yeah. And I am. um, I'm kind of circumstantial, to be honest. I... Well, actually, let me read these quotes that he okay. said, and then I think that some of the things that you may say may come up in these quotes. So, sure. uh, Newsom says, Our death penalty system has been, by any measure, a failure. It is discriminated against defendants who are mentally ill, black or brown. Or, or poor. Ca- or poor. Well, or can't afford expensive legal representation. Yeah. It has provided no public safety benefit or value as deterrent. It has wasted billions of taxpayer dollars. He also noted that our criminal justice system is susceptible to error, citing an L.A. Times editorial that reported 164 condemned prisoners nationwide who are wrongfully convicted have been freed from death row since 1973. Mm-hmm. He also cites a 2005 Santa Clara Law Review study that, conduct- that concluded people convicted of killing white people were more likely to be sentenced to death. Mm -hmm. So I was talking to my boyfriend about this today. When we get into cases like someone like Ted Bundy, Mm -hmm. he had lethal injection. We're talking about a stubborn-ass, privileged white dude Mm -hmm. who raped and mutilated and killed these women. For me, I'm kind of like, you know... He could have, you know, I could have lived with him just being put away forever. But I see where he got the death penalty. But there's a lot of instances where I feel like because of discrimination that the death penalty shouldn't be. Right. Well, here's the thing. Like, am I sad that Ted Bundy was put to death? Like, no. Like, I'm not sad at all about that. And I think that there are cases that without a shadow of a doubt, this person is 100% guilty mm-hmm. of these awful crimes, and I'm not bummed out that they've been put to death. Right. But my problem is, I don't think that we can make sweeping laws like this, and also it becomes a slippery slope if we start making exceptions. So I if agree. we start saying, like, um, no death penalty unless it's a case like Ted Bundy, yeah. then I feel like we start... We start going down a very, like, slippery path. No, I don't think there should be any laws with that. I think that's kind of just my own personal Right, which I, I, I totally agree as far as just, like, there are certain people who I'm like, I'm not sad these people were put to death. Um, but as a whole, do I think that the death penalty, one, works, like, as a deterrent, it doesn't. Well, and also um, for me, it's always, like... If you're put to death, to me, that's almost just like the coward's way out. We gave you out. a way out. Yeah. Yeah. It's you're not you're not really paying for your crime. You're being put to mm-hmm. death, which don't get me wrong, is horrible. 
to put I mean, someone and, and to death. part of it, part but it's of it also is like to give not, closure to the families is, is part of why they do it. 100%. But it's also just like that person isn't, you know, they're not in their time out. They're not right. being for their it's, punishment. To me, I wrote a paper about this when I was like it, it, in seventh grade. I remember in college um, I had to be we were in a debate class, and I had to do pro-death penalty. Oh, yeah. I, I wrote a paper. I could decide what I wanted to argue for, and I argued against the death penalty. I was in seventh grade, uh, maybe eighth grade, and um, that was a big argument of mine, is that I was just like, if these people are guilty of these crimes, I think that there is some evidence to point to. It's more of a punishment to sit in jail forever. 100%. And it's, it's certainly... And if you're really mo- dangerous, then you're in solitary. And, or and solitary is actually, maximum... like, considered cruel and unusual punishment. Oh, it Because really it's is. so psychologically damaging. Yeah. Which, that's another debate. No, I completely agree. Um, but as far as, like, this goes, I, I just think, one, it's not a deterrent. Two, it costs us so much money uh, because there's a, a mandatory appeals process and all of that. They're in jail for a long time. It costs us a lot yeah. of money to do that. And then thirdly, and this is the most important thing, if we execute one person who should not have been executed, it is not worth the number of people who we executed who who rightly should have been executed because... High five, Keith. Yeah. I just, I just am just like one life that shouldn't have been taken. Yeah. The state fucking chose to take that life yeah, that, you know, shouldn't have been taken. I so. totally agree. And I, a lot of people will bring up the argument about um, overcrowding prisons and things like that. Well, then we need to lo- loosen up some other fucking laws. Like, exactly. The reason that, why that prisons. Can't be, that can't be the sole. That can't be people's main argument well, about it's such a... prisons because there's people like there's people in jail for dealing marijuana back in the nineties. Well, here's you know what the I mean? thing: like, it's so stupid. Our prison reform situation. We should have an entire episode on it because, um, for as long as we have for-profit prisons, yeah. prisons are going to be overcrowded yeah. because there there's a benefit to putting people in prison. Yeah. Uh, We're making money putting people in prison. So we're going to continue to do that. Mm -hmm. um, And prisons are going to continue to be overcrowded. If you want to stop overcrowding, it's not a matter of, like, putting multiple, you know, sex offenders and murderers in jail for the rest of their lives. It's about figuring out sentencing for nonviolent crimes, drug mm-hmm. offenses, other crimes that people shouldn't be in prison for, or at least right. not for that long. I agree. Um, anyway. Anyway. Um, <laughs> we added an H in front of that word. <laughs> anyway. Let's move on to something a little kind of lighter. Let's do it. And kind of funny. Um, there is a Yelp-style app. Okay. For conservatives. Oh, good. And it is called, and I don't understand this, so if you get it, please let me know what this means. Okay. It is called 63rd safe. 63ERD no. safe. No. What is 63rd? Is mean? it like an amendment? I don't know. I I'm have gonna... no idea. And this article, I'm reading this Vox article and they kind of just bring it up to me like I'm supposed to know what that means. Um but anyway, so it is a it is a conservative Yelp style app where conservatives, because they feel like they're being persecuted, because people don't like it when they show up to restaurants with their MAGA hats on. So this app is designed for conservatives and right-wingers to be able to go in and say whether or not a restaurant is open to all political beliefs and leave a review. And it also allows you to... um, There's a bunch of things that you can kind of, like, check off, and, like, one of them is... Does it allow open carry? Does this restaurant allow you to bring your fucking gun in? Um, 
I just think Fun. it's kind of an interesting thing to talk can, about. Can so, the liberal side start our own? I mean, do sure. We feel, do we feel safe in this <laughs> restaurant? Do we feel threatened in and this the, restaurant? The reason why it's been brought up is because Trump supporters, or like especially during that whole, I don't know, locking kids in cages <laughs> thing that was going on, um, like Sarah Huckabee <laughs> Sanders and Kristen Nielsen Where were, they being were being yelled like, at, harassed. quote unquote, harassed in restaurants. They were being yelled at and being like basically told to leave. It has, basically ever since Trump became president, conservatives have wanted to play victim. And we're so oppressed. White people are so oppressed. Conservatives are so oppressed. It's not safe for us because you guys can't let us, like, walk around and be hateful. And (laughs) we should be allowed to. And so here are a couple of the things that the app users... um, It's four criteria that determine whether restaurants are quote-unquote safe for out-and-proud Trump supporters. One, does this business serve persons of every political belief? Two, will this business protect its customers if they are attacked for political reasons? Three, does this business allow concealed carry under the state's laws? Four, does this business avoid politics in its ads and social media postings? So, I feel like you'd have to be in, like... Midwest Southern states for like a lot for this of to work, yeah. Because yeah, in in California, in LA, they're like, not going to care. Fucked. Yeah, it's not going to matter. Yeah, and so you're basically saying that if someone has an ad that's like we're inclusive, we like gay ple- people, or like we like diversity, um, <laughs> that they can go on this app and be like, this shit is left wing propaganda. Yeah, bullshit. Anyway, I just thought that that was something kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things that I see harmless for the most part, very laughable. Um, you know, they have every right to make a fucking app and to spew. A- you know what I mean? It's it's just it is just a little it's just a little cuckoo bananas. Well, the the thing about it is, it, yes, it's harmless. Except for I mean, it, it, there are things that it could potentially be harmful because whenever you have an online forum where people can um, be discussing hatred openly, I think that that's something. That's well, I, I think it could potentially make certain restaurants targets, but beyond beyond that, I don't yeah. think that is going to happen. Beyond that, it's more of the mentality of this victimhood, yeah. like trying to claim this victimhood whenever... It's like you want to be oppressed so badly. Yeah. You want to be oppressed so badly when these other groups are being oppressed yeah. constantly. By um, you. By, by you. By these people. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's all I got. That's all I got for this episode. Dude, that's all I have too. I was going to talk a little bit about um, Farrah Abraham, which I have oh, fucking on Jesus. other <laughs> notes. So I guess we have some time. I'll bring it up. Oh, no. So she's working for Penthouse as a new book critic where she will be focusing oh, no. on feminist literature. Get the fuck out. Max's mom sent me this article and I died. So we're told she was given the job because they want to see if traditional heroes of female empowerment connect with the average American girl. Girl, being Farrah Abraham. So, what? For those of you who don't know who Farrah Abraham is, she is teen mom turned porn star. Is it Abram or Abraham? I thought it was Abraham. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Who cares? So she's already critiqued Joan Didion's slouching toward Bethlehem. Go. I don't believe you read that, first of all. <laughs> but listen, listen. She calls herself an avid reader. Bullshit. She starts off by saying that. She calls it a great book for people who abuse substances every day. 
She what? Has, she has, without ever feeling the need to grow up, these baby boomers drink their way through life. They only think about drinking and drugs. If you're looking to find out what not to do as a writer, this is a great book for you. She jumps from year to year, often for no rhyme or reason. The nonlinear structure confuses me. I had to wonder, oh my was, God. was Didion even trying when she wrote this chunk? And Penthouse calls her bravely brazen. Done. <laughs> Keegan took her glasses off. She looks defeated. That's probably the worst book review I've ever heard. I know. Like, and that's the thing. I have no problem with somebody who was teen mom, porn star, anything like that. I have no problem no with No problem you with it. Wanting to be a book critic. But or you're not say, fucking qualified to do this no, job. No, and for Penthouse Magazine? Excuse me. There are many things to unpack in that story. There are many things to unpack there. Should I started with that? I just think that, like, <laughs> Farah critiquing Joan Didion. I know. It's like, you're going to really? give Joan Didion notes? Yeah. Fucking really? Really? Cool. Cool, cool. Was she even trying when she wrote this junk? I don't. All right. Anyway. All right. You guys, let me know what you think about on that. On this fucking note. <laughs> Because um, I had a good chuckle, and um, my boyfriend's mom was like, someone will have to explain to Joan Didion who Farrah Abraham is. Oh, my God. Is she alive still? Oh. God, that might be a mean thing to say. Yeah, I don't even know. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> well, if you Ugh. would like to let us know your thoughts on any of these stories, I feel like this was kind of a giddy episode. Yeah. Um, so if you would like to let us know any of your thoughts, please do. You can email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. You can get us on Instagram, where all the magic happens, at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. You can get us on Twitter at Yamp Podcast. I actually posted something. I saw. I did see. Okay, good. Yes, I get notifications on my phone now about our Twitter. It's good. encouraged me to try and get on there, like, more. Yeah. Um, but anyway, with that being said, yeah, follow us on Twitter. It's Yamf Podcast, Y-A-N-F Podcast. You can also find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook group and a business page. You can leave us a review either on our business page or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, rather. Whatever you want to call it. Whichever. It's the same fucking thing. The podcast app on your phone, if you have an the iPhone. little purple one. You can leave us a review. We will feature it for Reviews Day Tuesday. Woo! And I think that's all. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And with all that being said, we encourage you to rage on. Bye-bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.